The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. You know, ever since we started this podcast, people have been asking for advice. Usually it's what team to bet on this week. Truth is, I really can't give away that information for free all the time. I thought they were asking whether they should leave their wife. That too. Well, go to my bookie. Check it out. They'll give you lines on all games. You can bet any sport. It's wonderful. You don't need me to talk to you. The Greek doesn't have to be in your ear all the time. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. And that's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me, guys. They're your best bet this season. If you're willing to deposit after 7 p.m. Eastern time, they will give you an additional $25 free play on any deposit over $100. You can use promo code MIZ25. Join now, and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. It's up to you guys, but I'd wait until after dinner and take advantage of this extra 25 bucks. You play, you win, you get paid. Take it from the Greek. My bookie is the way to go. Gonna throw it. Slam. This bugs for you, Mizzou. Johnson, and he's gone. Touchdown, Missouri. You don't get no better than that, man. Lock deep near side. Jamon Moore. It's a foot race. 82 yards. Touchdown, Missouri. Boy, look at Crockett run. It's his fourth touchdown run of the day. This is the Mazzotcast. Howdy, Tiger fans, and welcome to the Mazzotcast. I'm your host, Brennan Anthony. Joining me, as always, is Tyler Beatty's underpants consultant, Colin Anthony. What's up, dum-dums? And the world's only expert in what a target penalty is, Caleb Bungart. Hello, kids. So, fellas, the Tigers went to uh, Knoxville, Tennessee this weekend and took on the mighty Tennessee Vols and came out, much like they did last year, with a 50-17 to win. It's always a joy to beat Tennessee. It's become sort of a, a national or an annual tradition to uh, stomp it all over the Tennessee Vols while their fans don't know why it happened or how this could possibly happen that Missouri... Or remember that it's happened a lot of times before. That's right. They're memories of goldfish. We've talked a lot about SEC fan bases having memories of goldfish, and Tennessee is the top of the heap when it comes to I that. We've, we've mentioned before they can remember championships they won before... Um, the polio vaccine was created, but they can't remember what happened last year. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's a, it's an unbelievable thing. It was as satisfying as it felt last year, I'd say. I mean, last year we fired. Maybe more so. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, it's true. There's more on the line, maybe. I don't know. It's a very similar situation to last year. I mean, uh, Tennessee came I on. I think part of it was because the vitriol last year was almost reserved wholly for Butch Jones. And this year, they really were upset with Missouri exclusively. Yeah. They had just come off a big win against Kentucky, which I think they thought was more than it was. Uh, They they didn't realize that Kentucky sucked. That's right. Kentucky has been in a downward spiral the last five weeks, I'd say, if you ask me. Their offense hasn't been able to produce anything, and against us included. Almighty himself had to intervene in our game for us to lose. 
<laughs> That's right. Kentucky's not what people think they are. And so the win over Kentucky wasn't as exciting or wasn't as meaningful to Tennessee fans as they thought it was. And I think they also forgot we gave Kentucky as good as they got when we played them, even though it didn't show up on the scoreboard. And Missouri was in a position to seal a winning season for the second year in a row. And uh, they were not afraid of the Tennessee Volunteers. I think that's another thing Tennessee fans uh, expect from Missouri. They expect us to come in and sort of rattle at our knees because we're mighty, entering mighty Neyland Stadium with 100,000 seats and full of Vols fans. But guess what? We went to Tuscaloosa this year. Tennessee isn't much compared to that. No, I mean, and Tennessee hasn't been good since we've been in this conference. I mean, what is there to be intimidated by? I, I would, I think our record against Vanderbilt is worse than it is against Tennessee. You know what I mean? I, I haven't <laughs> yeah. looked it up, but I'm almost certain that Vanderbilt has beaten us at least as twice and i saw his tennessee you know i mean like they're not (laughs) no that that's right and and it's interesting that much like the florida game because i think this game will be compared to the florida game for two reasons one we beat florida and tennessee badly last year and now we've done it again in 2018 and up to this point florida was our most complete game i think you could say that this tennessee game was probably as complete a game as missouri's played not without its flaws quarter we just manhandled them the, our offensive line had their way. Our running backs were trucking the fuck out of people. Defense played a really good game. Defense created uh, turnovers. Defense had created turnovers and then pressure on the quarterback. I mean, it was. It was a complete game. I mean, other than special teams, obviously. I mean, we still do not have any sort of special teams production. You know, I shouldn't say that. We The kickoffs and punts, we don't. I mean, Tucker McCann and Corey Fatoni are both very good at their jobs. But when it comes to kick returns and covering kicks, we are bad. And continue to be bad. Yeah, and but other than that, well, Colin, and we had a uh, extra point blocked early in this game as well. Yep. So yep. I mean, yep. those that's, we, that's at least three kicks this season. That's blocked. the kind of special team stuff you're talking about. Like when Missouri has a special or an extra point blocked, it's not even that surprising to us. You know, we're like, yeah, we're good for one of those. You know, mm-hmm. and no, there's definitely you know, like I said, it, Barry is Barry is again saving his job in the second half of the season, but there are still some. Stupid penalties. There's obviously some discipline issues still with this team. Drops were an issue as well. I mean, well, we dropped two touchdowns. A, dropped two. One came from Emmanuel Hall, who we're glad to have back. But Jonathan Johnson has been the drops leader in the clubhouse uh, this year. Well, and and Rashad Floyd had one as well. Yeah, so he dropped a he dropped a touchdown because really Drew Lock. I mean, the, God, that um, announcer, whichever one it was, was all over Drew Lock all game about how amazing he was. He was. I thought he was going to come so hard he was going to get a Charlie horse. I mean, he was. He just could not say enough about Drew Lock. What he was doing, and Drew Locke was thrown into small windows, but I mean, it was just, it was a little bit over the top. But uh, you know, Drew Locke's line looked okay. It would have looked great if our receivers would have caught the football. And then all of this being done without Albert O. He basically didn't play the fourth quarter anyway. Yeah, so. he didn't play the fourth quarter. Yeah, I mean, it, this game was well in hand, much like the Florida game, and we had big plays on defense that helped ice this game. Obviously, the fumble recovery, and I think the important thing about that fumble recovery was the heads-up play by, what was the guy's name? Bledsoe. Bledsoe, who got that fumble recovery. He was on his knees when the fumble laid out in front of him. He hopped up on his feet so that when he recovered the ball, it wouldn't be immediately down, and allowed him to run it back for a touchdown, and he's fast. So yeah. immediately, that uh, flipped the scoreboard, and of course, eight he had two uh, interceptions, and granted, yeah, they were thrown to AC, his chest, you know, which yeah, helps. Easily AC's best game as a Tiger. Easily. 
Oh yeah, and and if we're I mean, talking about AC. It's usually to take a dump on him. <laughs> that's right, and he was a cr- crucial factor in this game. Of course, it did help that Tennessee's quarterback went down early after getting hit a couple of times viciously by the Tigers' defense. And oh yeah, I heard, I saw all about that on Twitter. I didn't know if you guys know this, but we're the dirtiest team in the SEC. Yeah, usually, we have to wait till Arkansas week before they're the yeah. dirtiest team, but this week we got it one week early. I just love. There's only there's only when when an SEC team is getting their fucking shit pounded by Mizzou. There's only two go to answers. For that terrible officiating and dirty play, it can't be any other thing. Oh, and don't let's not forget the SEC is ext- East is extremely down <laughs> every year that we are good. The East yeah, is down, yeah. and uh, it seems like Tennessee fans this year were really harboring, harping on the fact that uh, because Missouri was not in the heart of the Southeast, we did not belong in the in the conference. I think that is funny because they used to say we didn't belong in the conference because we weren't good enough to play with the likes of them. And now that we've got a five and two record against Tennessee and, and have clobbered them two years straight. Now they're saying we don't belong, not because we're not good enough, but because of how maps work. Because of geography. Yeah. Because of when they look at a globe, they don't like what they see. Um, and that's really, if that's all they've got left. I think if you look at a map, there are literally parts of Missouri that are further south than Knoxville, Tennessee. <laughs> yeah, like if you go right. to the Boot Hill, yeah, um, no. it's literally further south than Knoxville. Yeah, it's true. It, it's but I mean, it, this game, win does a couple of things. One is uh, obviously Barry Odom isn't going anywhere this year. You know, the talk after the Kentucky game was fire Barry Odom, fire Barry Odom, and it was even it wasn't just crazy fans like us, but it was people within the press box that were saying Barry Odom experiment should be over. This has completely changed around, and it's the second year. It was just like our stone caller had said. He's going to win out and save his job. And it is hard to look at this season and see us at 7-4 and four going to a bowl game, crushing Tennessee. And they're probably going to be in the, eight, the the top 25, is my guess, after this win. Nope, they're not. The AP came out, I saw, a few yeah. minutes ago, and they're receiving votes. But, uh, no, the Associated Press has decided that Iowa State is better than us. Um, <laughs> That's so, okay. That's yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, Iowa State just know, got beat by Texas, listen, but they're in the top twenty-five. You know, my Barry, my feelings for Barry Odom are like a roller coaster. I mean, I am, you know, ready to strangle him after Kentucky and be rid of him, and then after these last two games, not just winning or games against Florida and Tennessee, anyway, not just winning, but just fucking manhandling them. Maybe Barry is the guy. I mean, I, I mean, honestly, at this point, I don't want to fire him. I want to find out, you know, and. Uh, I guess that's a credit to Barry Odom. I or I'm an idiot, or I mean, yes, both yes. are the same. Both are. It'd be nice to see him with a team that is both offense and defense at the same time. Yeah, yeah, it's, and uh, you know, but beating Tennessee certainly is fun. Yeah, we've got ten more wins in conference since 2012 when we joined the league than Tennessee has. Ten, ten wins. Wow, they don't sound Southern. They should get out of the conference. Well, it's clear that Missouri's been in a better position football-wise than Tennessee for the last six to seven years. I mean, that's just numbers. You can't argue with science. Yeah, science is just dead nuts. <laughs> the, the thing about Barry Odom is that I have a lot of trouble looking past South Carolina and, and Kentucky because I, I put those losses squarely on Barry Odom's head, and it's hard for me to not think what if what if what if and if we were sitting here at nine and two nationally ranked looking at a 10 win 11 win season and a new year's day bowl obviously whenever we talk about how the season could go before the season starts we're a lot more pollyanna and homers than the barrett sallies of the world or any of the sec media but we said as crazy as it sounds you look at the schedule and you can see how you can get to 10 wins on it 
And I think we were right. You know, we're not going to get to 10 wins. We're going to get to eight or nine possibly, but we left two wins on the board and didn't take them. This team has the skills. So it's, again, it's hard to look. So we win nine games, including a bowl game. It's hard to look at this at anything but going in the right direction. But at the same time, you're thinking what could have been. And some people won't be bothered by the what could have been's and some people will be too focused on the what could have been's. I don't know. I'm somewhere in between. I am happy for the Tigers and where they are. But just thinking, God damn, God damn, Kentucky. I just showed Colin a while ago. They've got bowl predictions out for right now. And it's got Florida playing on a New Year's Day bowl. Like the fucking sugar bowl. Florida playing yeah. in it. Yeah. That could be, that could be Mizzou if you win those two games. Yeah. At the team, Mizzou, a team that destroyed Florida in the swamp. You know, that's the way this is working out. Yeah. They're going to show them play UCF right now. They'll win and claim another national championship. <laughs> right. Well, I think that Barry Odom is, you know, obviously a big part of this. There's some discipline issues, uh, that come in those losses that, and, and, and even come in our wins that make us skeptical. But I think as much as, Anything with Florida and Tennessee, you have to look at what Drew Locke has done. I mean, Drew Locke has played phenomenal football in those two games, and he did not play phenomenal football in uh, the earlier games. And, uh, you know, though I will say in South Carolina, he had at least two touchdowns dropped in the fucking end zone. That's right. You know, I, I mean, I think we complain about Drew Locke, and sometimes we complain about Drew Locke when he's in the same room. Not like at ITAP. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, when he was so nice to come to the live show this week. Um, but uh, it didn't stop us from being a little critical. And, and rightfully so. But, and Colin, I think you've said, you know, he looks like a guy who, uh, you know, is going bound for a Blaine Gabbert type career, but he has dramatically improved this season. If you ask me, I mean, there, he's improved year after year after year. And he was a guy who only ever went to his first read and only looked at half the field when he was coming out and was a rookie quarterback. And he's a guy that it, he, sees the field with so much better vision now than he did two years ago. And he's playing without his best tight end. He's finding a lot of different receivers. He's comfortable with different long passes and short passes. When he's doing well, he just seems so much more comfortable back there than he did a couple of years ago. Yet at the same time, he was still capable of a couple of these games of making these horrible decisions and throwing horrible passes that have huge impacts on the game. He hasn't done that the last three games and shown up with three wins. Well, I think part of it is not all, just like it's not all Barry, it's not all Drew. I mean, he's obviously a much better quarterback when Emmanuel Hall is on the field for a couple of reasons. One, Emmanuel Hall has got NFL talent, and when he's on the field, he's he's a reliable receiver, and then he also opens it up for everybody else because they have to throw a lot of attention to Emmanuel Hall. And then he's also got Alberto, who is Sunday talent. When you could have one or both of those guys on the field, it makes Drew Locke's job easier, without question. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jonathan Johnson, you know, has his part to play and has at times looks good and at times looks, looks bad. You can tell he is a college athlete. He's not a NFL athlete. But oh, Alberto and Emmanuel Hall are, and so is Drew Locke, for that matter. And when those three guys are playing at the top of your, their game, you can see why we can beat Florida and Tennessee so handily. You can see why all of those guys are going to be playing on Sunday. Yeah, and why we should have beaten South Carolina and why we should have beaten Kentucky. And what shouldn't be left out in this Tennessee game is that, once again, Larry Roundtree just fucking trucked the shit out of everybody. Yeah. Beatty took over and had a really good game when Crockett got hurt, even though um, Beatty literally showed us his ass. Literally. It's a pretty butt. It's a pretty ass. You know, he has a fine ass, and I think that should be mentioned. I don't mind saying it. And I don't mind saying it. I really appreciate one of our players literally showing their ass to Tennessee. 
yeah, that's that's that was that was appreciated. I I mm-hmm. uh I watched the game with Caleb and he immediately had an erection and I yeah. don't blame him. Yeah. No, he said it. I believe he said it was a delicious asshole is what he saw mm-hmm. on the screen. Yeah. He said he'd like to take a. Big wet bite of that apple bottom, I think, was the words Caleb used to be exact. That was exactly the words I used. Yeah, that sounds like the Caleb I know. He said, I want my private parts and his private parts to high five, I think was exactly <laughs> the quote I remember hearing. Yeah, it was a little treat for the ladies watching the game. It was... Um, and it, Caleb. <laughs> and of course, Caleb. Standing invitation to come to the basement. <laughs> the sex dungeon. The Caleb sex dungeon. Yeah, it was it was good, and and also you know you mentioned Crockett got hurt, Rashad Floyd got hurt. It sounds like he's probably going to be out for the Arkansas game with a head injury, but uh, it doesn't sound too severe. He's flown back to Columbia already, and uh, you know maybe he'll be better back for the bowl game. But we're doing well despite you know a little bit of the injury bug, guys coming in and out. It's that part of the season where guys are getting hurt. The defensive line is really playing well, and that is I think it made as much a big a difference in our defense as anything. Yeah, it's well, not just Terry Beckner Jr. Everybody's really playing well. Uh, Kale Garrett is in, continued to improve this season. I mean, the defense is looking good. They are, and of course, we mentioned AC had the game of his life, and then on the the offensive line has been playing incredibly well, keeping Drew Lock safe and uh, opening holes for those running backs. I'm really impressed with Beatty because we had a two headed juggernaut in Crockett and Roundtree this year, and there really wasn't room for a new running back to uh, make his mark on this season. And Beatty pushed his way through anyway and said, "Hey, guess what? I'm pretty fucking good at this, and well, he's been a valuable the, uh, asset." The rookie in the fourth quarter, they started going play out there, and he was just fucking smash mouthing the shit out of people. Yeah, and then that maybe speaks to our uh, offensive line more than it does the running backs. But they all look good in tandem, and uh, you know, just everything looked good. I mean, hell, we won by thirty three points on the road in a big stadium in like Tennessee. And as their fans like to remind us, you know, they are uh, it's one of the nation's football cathedrals. Yeah, it was an empty fucking cathedral at about <laughs> three minutes into the third quarter. Yeah, these are the games we cherish, and it's, it is yeah. fun. And I'll give Barry Odom this credit because you know we did we started the show in fourteen and we two thousand fourteen and then into fifteen we played sour grapes a lot. We like to rub it in that people didn't think we'd be any good, but we kicked their asses on the road and and uh, it's nice to be able to do that again. Yeah, it really is, and I you know we can we really we have to give Barry. Owed him some credit. He is part of the reason we're going to play sour grapes today. And our fans get hard ons over sour grapes. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. And we'll have some voicemails for you too. And uh, before we go to the first break, guys, I wanted to mention that uh, Clay Travis was so impressed with this game. He said he thinks Mizzou might be one of the top three teams in the SEC right now. Yeah, I know. I I think I tweeted we're literally living in the upside down. Like what the <laughs> fuck? Now, the, the only thing the only thing that would be more shocking is if Barrett Sally said Mizzou's a really good football team that belongs in the SEC. If that happens, <laughs> yeah. I don't. It, it, I will re- really literally be looking for the horsemen of the apocalypse riding on their fiery horses through the sky. You, know, you have a better chance of Danny Cannell saying the SEC is a good football conference. So. <laughs> yeah. And this this is the same Clay Travis. Keep in mind, who in 2015 said the football program was wrecked for a decade at least, and so here we are in 2018. <laughs> he says we're in the top three. So it's almost like Clay uses a lot of hyperbole when he's. Uh, when he's making his wild predictions. That can't be right, Colin. No, I think, yeah, I know. He's playing to a certain group of people. It's just an yeah. odd deal. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. In this day and age, no one does that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Uh, Colin Kaepernick is on par with Osama bin Laden and uh, the Unabomber as far as uh, character issues in Clay Travis's mind. They're all on, they're, they're right there together. You know what I mean? <laughs> 
That's right. All right, well, let's go to our first break. We'll come back with voicemails, and we will get to those sour grapes, fellas. This is the Mazodcast. Don't throw that used cell phone away. Sell it to Midmo iFix. Midmo iFix buys and sells used cell phones that include a 30-day warranty. So if you lost your phone overboard, the screen's cracked, or the phone's broken, stop into Midmo iFix and see Kevin. And if you have no use for that old phone, turn it into cash. Midmo iFix, located next to Emo's Pizza on Osage Beach Parkway. 573-694-8795. Midmo iFix. Phones fixed fast. Gonna watch his boys play ball today over 17, 18 bears. Got an ashtray full of GPCs, got stained up fingertips. But fellas like old Jimmy here is the best they got to give. It's a great buck thug of Dixieland. Same damn song by the same old band. Half with checkered overall. Tennessee can lick my ball. Well, the boys just got the brains kicked in that gum that forward pass. So we found some kid on a message board gonna threaten to whoop his kid ass. But it's all downhill from Jimmy here, that short-term memory loss. By Monday, he's the most trouble-free fella that you run across. It's a great butt plug of Dixieland Same damn song by the same old band Thick can't swig in melon balls Tennessee can lick my balls There's a tooth in his head for every win they're gonna get on Saturday There's a whisker on his chin for every four-star kid that they're gonna have to pay It's a great butt plug of Dixieland Same damn song by the same old band Burned out muffler mating calls Tennessee can lick my balls City of Knoxville Lick my balls Dollar tablecloth looking in zone Lick my balls Smokey the blue tick town Lick my balls Tennessee can lick my And we are back. So we've told you what we thought about this game. We're very happy. We like rubbing their noses in Tennessee fans' pain and agony. But we always love to hear what our listeners have to say and what they have to think about our Missouri Tigers. And so that's why we're going to bring you the old Mazodcast mailbag. Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. <laughs> What in the fuck do you want Ross to do there? This rule is such a fucking joke. What do you want him to do? The guy. Wait, that's in head. reference to the targeting penalty. That was a good call. Thing. He lowers his head as the tackle comes in. 
fucking joke. Yeah, that uh, that got a lot of attention early. The uh, guys that can't play defense sometimes anymore because of the nebulous targeting penalty that nobody knows how it works. And apparently, if the offensive guy lowers his head into you, it's your fault. Yeah. Hey guys, uh, it is the second quarter. Tennessee's about to score. This is just an interesting game so far because I don't understand why on the first two plays we run the ball to the exact same running play and then a third down we actually try to pass and play again. Dooley's offensive coordinating calls, uh, kind of make me scratch my head a little bit. And also that was a pretty bad targeting call. I mean, when you lower your head, um, and running at a defender, yeah, you're gonna get hit in the head also. So it's just like, I get, you know, trying to protect the player and stuff like that, but like, if I have the ball, like, if I lower my head, that's on me if I get hit. Uh, MIZ, please will not lose this game to Tennessee. I think he's wrong. That was perfect targeting call. <laughs> <laughs> Have officiating for the SEC targeting, and I think it was a beautiful call. Yeah, yeah. Caleb's the expert. Yeah, I'm the only one that knows, and that guy's wrong. Super fan Phil here. First call for a long time. I just want to say these fucking receivers have hands like fucking plates. Hands of fucking concrete. Unfucking believable. It's fucking Jamon out there again. Hot fucking garbage. Go fuck yourself. Hot dog water. Love you guys. Bye. M-I-D. Wrong one. Ha, ha. Well, I, I want everybody to use Copper Chef. I just don't want them to use them as pans on their hands to catch footballs. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, and that uh, that was Jamon Moore's preferred method. Really, fucker, McCann, you missed another fucking extra point. Fuck! That guy's never been a fan of Tucker McCann's. No. Hey, boys, super fan Phil again. Can our fucking special team not do a can, can they do anything fucking right? Unfucking real. The fucking receivers finally catch a fucking ball, then this fucking special team fucks us. Love to shove Tucker McCann's fucking leg up his fucking ass. Same with Andy Hills and fucking. It's a lot of vitriol for a win. Anyway, you have to use so many guys. cuss words. Halftime. Tigers don't look bad. Gotta fire our special teams coach. He's fucking terrible. Agreed. Hey, Superfan Phil again, what's up, you fucking idiots? God. <laughs> Give me another whiskey, I'm feeling it, fuck Tennessee, fuck your Rocky Top, fuck that orange fucking shithole fucking stadium. Set the whole fucking state on fire. God almighty. Love you guys, bye. More whiskey, Love please. you, Phil. Love you, bye. Phil's unhinged. Yep, he's not, he's not all there. That's part of the reason we love him. Remember when Tennessee said we didn't belong in the SEC? So long, this bag. <laughs> what was that last song? So long, douchebag. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I fucking love this team. <laughs> okay. Well, on, They're fantastic, as Paul would say. They're fantastic. Exactly. Missouri ain't even SEC. Even Dick, Tennessee. Fuck you. We blew, we, we blew you the fuck out every year. Fuck you. At your stadium, we did it again. Y'all thought you were going to fucking win. Guess what? Cupcake Saturday, bitch. Mizzou did his job. Fuck Tennessee. M-I-Z. I like that. I like that. I think those toothless morons on Twitter realized that UT Martin put up the same, like, amount of fight against us that Tennessee did. Idiot. Hot dog water. Hot dog water. Yeah, I don't think UT Martin is that much worse than uh, Tennessee. <laughs> Yeah, I think one of the things that's great about, uh, also about that win yesterday was Tyler Beatty. Fatoni. Yeah, Fatoni, 
are both Tennesseans and uh, couldn't get a look there in, in the uh, great state of Tennessee. Yeah, yeah, they they weren't good enough for the mighty Tennessee Vols. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, and speaking of how irrational Tennessee people can be, don't you think it's about time we got into uh, what everybody wants to hear? And that's Tennessee sour grapes. Got to get them sour grapes. Ooh. What you got there, sour grapes? You got a grip of sour grapes. Oh, them sour grapes. You brought them sour grapes. Sour grapes, sour grapes. You got them sour grapes. Oh, sour grapes. You brought a, a grip of sour grapes. Okay, what have you guys got for us in the sour grapes front? Oh, I've got a couple of them. I've got a guy who goes by Chuck D, Chuck Dodson 9, who did a lot of arguing on Twitter yesterday, and someone let him know that he got beat, and Chuck says, And your fucking point? You won? You have a good QB. I hate Mizzou, and you still shouldn't be in the SEC. You bring nothing to this conference, and everybody knows it. Enjoy it because your program will not sustain any success in this conference. He followed that up with later on talking about how Tennessee is going to bring in great recruits and Pruitt's going to coach him up and fuck everyone's world up and everybody should know this. Well, I feel already. like I've heard that story before. Yeah, sour grapes. Butch. Yeah, sour grapes indeed. Like, it's just, you know, we bring nothing to the conference except more wins than Tennessee. More bowl appearances, more SEC East championships. Mm-hmm. Other than that, we don't bring much. We bring more than Vandy, than Texas A&M, than Arkansas, than Tennessee. And well, if we if we get Mizzou out of the yeah, if we get Mizzou out of this conference, we're going to really have to look around at some other teams that are going to have to leave with us. Yeah, no doubt. How about Amanda at Extreme Minute Eight? SEC officials are trash. Just let Tennessee players get the fuck beat out of them. Let Mizzou do whatever the fuck they want, I guess. Hashtag fuck Missouri. Sour grapes. I, I saw this refrain on Twitter quite a bit, and I feel like it truly is sour grapes. When you start picking apart the tackling techniques of Missouri, looking for like, oh, they're super dirty. Like, I didn't see that at all. And then I go to, and it's not that I wouldn't call Missouri out for it. I used to call Shane Ray out for it all the time. But I I would, not like I wouldn't mention it, but I I didn't see it. And then I go to the fucking Twitter and Tennessee's just up in arms, you know. Well, part of it, I think, one is we got the targeting penalty. And when it goes against us, they think absolutely it's targeting. And then also their quarterback went out early on what was a just standard box standard Sack that we uh, got their quarterback, and we didn't yeah, do anything. Jay Kelsey won like right after that. Another cheap shot from Mizzou. <laughs> right. So classy. I'm like, what? So class? What? Sounds great. About? Yeah. I don't know who is actually classy at any football scale because everybody talks about classy. I don't think any of them are classy. No, and certainly not football. Tennessee. Sour grapes. Yeah, but no, no, the stadium full of a hundred thousand people wearing orange who fuck their sisters and drink Pat's Blue Ribbon hot from the can are definitely the classy ones. Right. Those are the ones you want to take your uh, etiquette lessons from. Well, I, I've got a couple more back to backs and a deal from, <laughs> one of, from Andrew who goes by at white bread, which, you know. What a shock. Yeah. And he's talking <laughs> about Mizzou one, two. Conference championships against the worst SEC in the history of the SEC. Yeah, we, and we know that because Mizzou won those conference championships. I think the school is liberal garbage and they have <laughs> no business in the SEC from a football standpoint. Such liberal garbage. And, he's, followed up, he's, followed, he's followed up by a guy named the original Hillbilly that says, <laughs> 
Nothing about them fits. It's a total brand misalignment with everything about the SEC. <laughs> Sour grapes. Yeah, a lot of times when I read these tweets, I feel like they're insulting themselves and complimenting us. They're like basically saying, you guys are too well-read and too educated and uh, don't hate basically people, not backwater enough to be in this conference. You know, that's what I get like from a lot of this. It's like, those guys don't even fuck their sisters. What the hell are they doing in the SEC? That's it's like, right. I, I guess. They fuck people they ain't even related to by blood. <laughs> they don't belong. No. We fuck our kin because it just means more. And they talk about sustained success in this league. We've had much more than Tennessee since we've gotten here. I just don't understand who's doing this, these calculations. Well, and the argument every year they get beat, their argument is less and less valid because A, we've been in the, you know, our history within the league is a year longer and B, we've got more of a track record of smashing them down. We're now five and two against Tennessee all time. That's not four, not three and two, not one game better, not four and two, five and two. We're decisively better than Tennessee. And uh, they still tell us that uh, we don't belong in the conference and that we, they should just give Tennessee the win because that's what's going to happen anyway. It's just not based in reality. It's tinfoil hat thinking. won a full-out conference championship, you know, the full SEC championship since I was a virgin. And I fucked at three and I'm old. Yeah, that's <laughs> so, right. So, I mean, it's been a long time. And you know what? Like, so one of the reasons Tennessee is the most terrible fan base in the conference is really, listen, we're never going to be SEC by most SEC fan standards, but most people have stopped, you know, getting on the fucking blowhorn about it. Yeah. But Tennessee's yeah. fan base is still beating that drum pretty hard, as hard as they ever were in 2012. You yeah. know what? We're SEC because this state includes St. Louis and Kansas City. Who are huge fucking markets compared to anything that they have in most SEC? Yeah, they, they don't care about your backwater fucking hillbilly fucking standards. They wanted money. They want it's- money and a good university that has a good academic standing. Yeah, they and, got it. And the thing is, the, the before the argument against Missouri was the cultural fit, and that Missouri wouldn't be able to sustain success yeah, in the conference. Fit, what does that mean? It doesn't mean anything. And also, we've already blown out of the water the argument about us not being able to sustain su- success in the conference. And if anything, I, you would think the Tennessees of the world, the Floridas of the world, the teams who we have beaten regularly would be the ones that would be like, all right, Missouri's okay. You know, we don't like them, but uh, we get it. They're here. Fine. We're not a cultural fit. What the fuck is Florida? That's a whole different universe. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> well, my thing is, is like, wouldn't it behoove them to, to, to praise Missouri? So when they get their asses handed to them by us, it looks a little less bad, you know? Like, oh, Missouri's a pretty good program. We shouldn't be too down to dumps by losing to them. It's like you guys lose to us a lot. You should want to give us some props. Yeah, you don't want. Caitlin Elizabeth at Music Caitlin C. uh, She had a very popular one. I saw this one. A lot of people uh, going this one to add salt into the wound. Missouri doesn't belong the SEC. They are neither in the South nor in the East. Hashtag Tennessee versus Missouri. So this is one of those people you is really mad at maps. Yeah, she hates maps. Maps are the worst. (laughs) It's all they're down to now. They can't defend their team. They can only yell at maps. Tennessee Vols Junkie at Tennessee Junkie put, just heard Bob say that Mizzou is the first team to score 50-plus on Tennessee in back-to-back games. I'm getting sick of this recent record that Tennessee is setting. Gross. Fuck Missouri. Sour yeah. grapes. <laughs> thoughts and prayers, my friend. Yeah, <laughs> you're in our thoughts and prayers. Is that the guy that deleted his tweet later on? Uh, it may have been. I'm not mm-hmm. sure. I know this that Chuck D guy deleted a bunch of his. Yeah, oh, I don't worry. We screenshot now. And yeah. the, and the funny thing about this whole sour grapes thing is that we were getting ready for this. We didn't want to 
tout it too much because who knows what this Missouri team is going to do when we go to Tennessee. We're capable of all things. And so we weren't, you know, we weren't putting ourselves out there with statements we couldn't back up. And then we started catching shit from some Tennessee fan who said Missouri's fans aren't passionate enough because they weren't talking shit. And I'm like, well, yeah, what if we lose? Then we got to eat all our crow, you know? And of course we kicked the living shit out of Tennessee. And then her argument was, Oh, now you're talking shit after you win. I'm like, yes, this is when you talk shit, you idiot. <laughs> you fucking moron. Brain damaged boxers. Well, I think my, my response time. to her on Twitter was is basically we just don't think about you. Like, we have owned you. You're not a rival to us. We, we obviously think we're going to go in there and kick your ass. We just don't lose any sleep about your fucking shit program. Yeah, you're an afterthought for, and, and, well, I don't even know what conference they're in. Yeah, so at Chris underscore C Wills, Will 02, congrats to Tennessee for being the only SEC team bad enough to make Missouri's offense look good. Sounds great. Question, never watched a snap of Mizzou football, just making a uh, shoot-from-the-hip assumptions. I certainly didn't watch the Florida game. No, no, he doesn't, doesn't realize that... Uh, well, Florida's not real SEC. Yeah, well, they're not SEC either, apparently, I don't know. They're just the most south, They're just, but they're not SEC. At does UT have an ID, you know... When I heard Missouri was joining the SEC East, I thought they would be a yearly win. Vandy, Kentucky. Yeah. They owned us, but we will one day hang 20 to 25 straight wins on them. Sour great. This is kind of giving us a little credit, but it's still a delusional Tennessee fan and says that they will win 20 to 25 straight games on us. Yeah, it worked. He voiced what we've always known, which is when we came into this conference, they knew nothing about us. They didn't know that we'd had a good decade of success under Gary Pinkle. And they thought that we were Vanderbilt and Kentucky and that they were going to win every game. And they yeah. were confident in that assessment, even though there was no research or memory or anything going into that and not based on facts. And they've hung on to it. And now we he's, yeah, now he's saying, well, you know, in the future when we're good again, because you can tell there's so much entitlement in that tweet. Because he's saying that, you know, we had success in the past and we're bound to have it again because we're, it, they owe it to us because we are Tennessee. There's no guarantee you're going to be good. Some of these people that when Tennessee last won a national championship in 97, like, how, mm-hmm. do they remember it? Were they able to watch it? Yes. Because they feel they have the success, but were you actually part of the success? P.S. is 2018. 2018. 1997. Good God Almighty. Yeah, there's, there's, those college kids are not going to have any recollection of the glory days. And the old people, I think what they do is every year they think it was like five or six years ago when they won the national title. You know, it always feels like five or six years ago, but no, 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 no. It's a, it's a full generation ago. Yeah. So people were still wearing Doc Martens and jean coats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. We, uh, now it's just down to Colin. You know, we've discussed it before uh, that there was, we, we're in a low win situation with the SEC because there was either the people who thought we were going to be Vanderbilt and they got to, to, uh, just a free win every year. And then, you know, when we weren't that, they're mad at us, but they're also mad at us because we're beating them. You know, it's like, it's, it's either we lose and we're not good enough to be SEC or we win and God damn it, they don't belong in the SEC. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, well, why don't you want us to do? Um, makes That's me happy. So many of these, Brandon. We gotta get. We gotta get moving. Okay, let's get through them. At Dakota five eighteen, SEC, please tell me you all are watching Missouri purposely target the ball's best players and try to injure them. Yeah, sure, we're headhunters, we buddy. Yeah, known for it. No, yep, yeah, that's what we does. That's our game. Great. Better. That's the sound. All you can do is add t- targeting and officiating. Is just the fucking mating call of shitbag losers from Tennessee. That's right. At Travis underscore Cabbage. Uh, this was like in response to something, but I just, I pulled it up. 
You have yet to provide anything substantial to this discussion, much like Missouri adding anything to the SEC. Hashtag show me. Sally Again, we don't Grace. add anything to the SEC, except we, more wins in the conference than Tennessee. And we did show them. Biggest market. Yeah, exactly. And we showed oh, them. Two giant cities. Showed them two years in a row, too. Yeah. Still not sure why the Missouri is in the SEC. That's by Ron Lafayette. Sally uh, still not sure why Yeah. I, because I they uh, invited us and we went. Yeah. We're a good football program, and we have a, a huge uh, television markets um, to answer that question. Uh, at Lauren Monroe 33, who ever thought it was a good idea to let Mizzou in the SEC anyway? Sour grapes. That's the original hillbilly. He made it twice. Damn. Oh. Man, I'm tell you what. You know who thought it was a good idea? All the people who make decisions in the SEC who like money. All right, uh, Chase Rotten at Vols underscore Chaser 13. They have won the game, but... They have to go home and live in Missouri. So who are the real losers? Hashtag Tennessee. Salad grapes. Sounds like he answered have his own question, doesn't he? A lot. So I've been to Tennessee. It is Missouri. Like yeah. the, the, <laughs> the ge- geography, the trees. I mean, like they've got some taller hills. They got some mountains in the east there. Mountains? They have yeah. a city that claims it's country that plays a lot of shitty music that sounds like EMD. Yeah. yeah. You know, I do enjoy the hot chicken. You know, yeah. Princess yeah. is one of my favorite places. But other than that, it's a butt fucking terrible cousin shitting rock selling <laughs> meth house. Yeah, all those words. Know. Put them together in any form, and they work. You know, the, I want to go back to that tweet because it, you can tell it's written by a stupid person because he said, um, what, "How does it end, Colin?" So, who are the real losers? And then he puts hashtag Tennessee. He answers yeah. his own question with his own team. So, who are the real <laughs> who are the real losers? I'll tell you, Tennessee. Question. Who are the real losers? Tennessee are the real losers. That's right. SDP at Sidster wrote, LOL, fuck Missouri. You're always going to get all these grapes. Because there's nothing more sour grapes than that. Mm, just fuck them. Yeah. Boomer Kinsley at Vol Bob Cooter wrote, fuck Missouri, especially fuck SEC officiating. So, you know, that makes us a little SEC. I mean, we're getting bunched in with the SEC officials. So, yeah, grapes. according to Tennessee logic, the two teams that get uh, preferential calls from the SEC officials are Alabama and Missouri. <laughs> Think about that for a moment. Well, it's because we're so liberal. <laughs> yeah, uh, right, right, right. Snowflakes you've got to give the calls to. At Neyland underscore Mafia wrote, also, fuck Missouri. They ain't done nothing. Just fuck them. Salad grapes. I think Tennessee's the one that did nothing. That's pretty clear. Also, I'd like to add that Tennessee whiskey sucks and bourbon's much better, so Kentucky beats mm-hmm. them also at things. Yeah, that's true. I just want to point out that Tennessee and Vanderbilt play each other, and the winner goes to a bowl game and the loser doesn't. And I'm rooting wholeheartedly for Vanderbilt. At Ashley Stanton or Stanley 81 put, Mizzou has knocked both Jarrett Guantano and Marquez Callaway out of the game with high hits to the head-neck area. Neither play had a penalty called. Ridiculous. Salad grapes. Yeah, apparently they're unfamiliar with how football works. Hey, you know, right. with tackling and all those sorts Go of things. Go ahead and give her two 15-yard penalties, and we'll still take a 33-point win. She needs those 15-yard penalties and a safe space, it sounds like to me. Yeah. At Dave Moore 44 uh, wrote, yeah, Missouri still blows. It is Salad what it is. Salad again, But Mizzou will always stink. Salad grapes. I feel like this is I just I we stink that good every year. Yeah, I think this is just, just holy yeah, accurate. If we suck so bad we beat Tennessee 50 to 17 every year, I'll take that big suck job. Well, so I said really, that last year. I said, if we're so bad, what does that make you? What does that make you? <laughs> a team on the rise, God damn it, Brendan. <laughs> a team on the rise. Yeah, Scott, Jeremy Pruitt. Those fucking boys up. 
<laughs> Philip Fulmer's there. He's got shit turned around the 80. God damn it. Pruitt's going to coach them boys. Solid grapes. Uh, you know what? I'm going to start doing a balls podcast. <laughs> I'm super stoked. Man. How fun would it be to do one of those radical, idiotic fucking balls podcasts? Where we, ought just... to, we ought to do one like tongue-in-cheek and they'd be all be so stupid we would, they wouldn't realize we're making fun of them. Yeah, it'd be great. You could just say irrational things all the time that don't make sense and people are like fuck yeah I believe that some bitch. yeah we just laugh into our sleeve about how idiotic they are and how they're yeah, yeah. anyway but uh, that was the last one uh, just to, to, to reiterate that line uh, Tennessee will always be good will be good again but Mizzou will always stink and so, then that, that guy went and ate his sister's box <laughs> <laughs> yeah alright guys let's take our final break for the day come back with Kansas news and go around the horn with the SEC this is the Mazadcast. What's up, dum-dums? It's your good friend Colin here, and I'm here to talk to you today about something deadly serious. I know usually I'm a prankster and a jokester, but the topic I'm about to talk to you about is more serious than just about anything I can imagine, and that is the majesty and delicious taste of Schlafly beer. Schlafly is created by the St. Louis Brewery, Missouri's largest locally owned independent brewery. Every year, they pump out over 50 unique styles of beer for you and I to enjoy. And we're so proud to have Schlafly Beer as a Mazodcast sponsor. So if you want to be a true Mazodcast fan, a true Missourian, and a true American, buy you some Schlafly Beer and get blackout, piss drunk, responsibly. Schlafly Beer. But I fell off the wagon, high my high horse run. Well, she put me to the test, that little girl with a red dress on. Ass niggas think deep. Up 365, I yo, 24 samples. Real gangsta ass niggas don't sleep. And all I gotta say to you, wanna be, gonna be cocksucker pussy pranksters, is when the fire dies down, what the fuck you gonna do? Damn, it feels good to be a gangster. <laughs> and we are back. Guys, are you ready to uh, do a little Kansas news? Absolutely. All right, let's get into it. I was there were three kinds of suns in Kansas. Sunshine, sunflowers, sons of bitches. This is Kansas News. First story I have for you guys is uh, from the AP here. It says, disbarred Kansas lawyer sentenced for hitting nurse with car. Uh, this kind of has all the Kansas elements you like. A disbarred lawyer, which is what they just call lawyers, <laughs> says a recently disbarred lawyer has been sentenced to two years and four months in prison for hitting a nurse while she was crossing the street. 55-year-old Mark Logan was sentenced to aggravated for aggravated battery and failure to yield to a pedestrian. The victim, who was pregnant, was hit in October outside the University of Kansas Hospital in Kansas. The collision broke her legs. The Kansas Supreme Court disbarred Logan in June after he voluntarily surrendered his law license. The court noted in the disbarment order that Logan, who had a law office in Shawnee, Kansas, faced six disciplinary complaints. He admitted to such violations as misappropriating client money and not cooperating with investigators. And all in all, he sounds like a great Kansan. Kansas man sets his own house on fire during standoff with deputies. Because that's how you solve problems. Sure. They'll never expect this twist. I'm going to light my house on fire. I'll show them I'll light all my worldly belongings on fire. 
Ozaki, Kansas, a Kansas man was arrested and booked into jail after he set his house on fire during a standoff with Jefferson County deputies. A 911 call was reported just after 5 p.m. Monday from a home in Ozaki, Kansas, just northeast of Topeka, of an argument between a mother and a son, with the son possibly being suicidal. Deputies arrived on the scene just before 5.30. The son reportedly barricaded himself in the bedroom at the east end of the house with his pit bull and his knife. I mean, a pit bull and a knife, that just sounds like, you know, Kansas Survivalist 101. Two things I'm going to need on a desert island. I need my pit bull and I need myself a Bowie knife. Well, you know who, how Caleb asked earlier in the show how you know, you know, when a football program is classy. When you know how a person is classy is they own lots of pit bulls. Yeah, pit bulls are the monster energy drink of animal world. <laughs> Dogs. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. yeah. I bet you hit that one right Analogy on of the year. There we go. <laughs> Deputies attempted to talk with him and convince him to come out and surrender. He then started a fire in his home while he and his family pets were still inside. Deputies pulled the son from the burning structure where he began fighting with the deputies, and he was taken into custody and restrained. The house was reported to be a total loss, and then the fire hit. (laughs) The suspect was... Yeah. Uh, the suspect was identified. Oh, you want to guess his age, guys? You guys want to take a stab at how old James Patrick Hutchins is of Ozaki, Kansas? Um, 52. I was going to say 51. Older fellow, you guys think, huh? Yep. Now, this guy who lives with his mother in Kansas is 37 years old. Okay. So so he's me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Felony arson, felony criminal damage, felony battery, and uh, of a correctional officer, and four counts of cruelty to animals with intent to kill an animal. So uh, he's looking for some fun time in a courthouse soon. Kansas man shoots himself with homemade gun, pleads guilty to weapons charge. Homemade gun? Yeah. Nice. A uh, Kansas man who accidentally shot himself with a homemade shotgun earlier this year pleaded guilty to a felony weapons charge. Michael Trapp of Levensworth pleaded guilty to a charge of a criminal use of a weapon in district court Wednesday. Leavenworth County attorney Todd Thompson said the charge was filed in May after police were called to a home after a report of shots fired at the home, police found Trapp with a gunshot wound to his left side of his face. Trapp Jesus. allegedly told officers he had shot himself with a gun that he made. Trapp said he dropped the shotgun and it went off, hitting him in the face. He said he left the gun in his bedroom. Police found the shotgun in a backpack and found a shell casing for a Winchester 12-gauge. According to prosecutor, the barrel of the homemade gun was less than 18 inches in length, which is illegal per state law. Defined, I guess, as a sawed-off shotgun. Yeah, but, um, does it say if, whether it improved his looks or I couldn't, not? I think in Kansas people, for the most part, shoot him in the face or not, they're going to look about the same. Sure. He, what he that did is he... Sloping foreheads and those almond eyes. Oh, boy. they uh, He really Dick Cheney'd himself. Yeah. Just an update, too. There is an energy drink that is called Pitbull. <laughs> uh, is it named after the, uh, the famous... Rapper, singer, I don't know what he no, is. No, I don't think it he has a energy. picture of a pitbull dog on on the wrapper of it, but there is an energy drink called Pitbull. Very nice. Thanks for the thanks for the breaking news, Caleb. If you want to steer into your uh, white trash identity, mm-hmm. that's the energy drink for you. Yeah, yeah. you guys take, want- take those Monster Energy stickers off your fucking beater truck. <laughs> yeah, put some Pitbull ones on. Can there. you imagine this? Just a little tangent here could you imagine liking a brand of something so much you want to put giant stickers of it on your car when you don't work for the company you're not like, getting paid. I quit it if you 
work for you know Monster Energy Drink selling that garbage, garbage horse piss mm-hmm. that you would have a car like wrapped with with Monster Energy Drink on it. But I constantly see vehicles on the road with just advertising for companies on their car like Monster Energy Drink. I think I saw a post office vehicle with a Monster Energy Drink sticker on it the other day. Mm-hmm. I saw a woman at work, and I think I showed you guys a picture of this who had a Monster Energy Drink tattoo on her fucking arm. Yeah, and how much do you think Monster paid her to do that? I don't know. I bet it it was nothing. Very little money. No one paid me to put the meth one I have on my arm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, same with uh, Fox Motorsports. I feel like. Yeah, Um, like Fox Motorsports is like. I'm so happy that these idiots are willing to advertise for free. Yeah, I guess they just like pictures. Really, how I check people's credit? (laughs) (laughs) They walk in my store. I sneak out and see what they're driving. If they have one of those stickers on it. No credit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think the predecessor to swoosh tattooed on my fucking forehead. Yeah, yeah well, the, I think why the, not? The predecessor to all this was the ca- urinating Calvin stickers. You know, there were so many things Calvin used to like to urinate on. And sure. uh you know, f- first I'm sure there's a lot of them in Tennessee where Calvin's pissing on the zoo. Yeah. Sure. I still love it down there. That and big dogs. Yeah, and then every once in a while Calvin would take a real turn in his activities and he would get on his hands and knees and pray for a dead person who was on a four wheeler accident. <laughs> Well, Brenda, nothing nothing uh, immortalizes someone and pays respects better than a giant picture of their head on the back of your car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like it when it's all calligraphy letters that are all capital letters, which is not how calligraphy is supposed to go. But, no. Uh, uh, yeah. I, Has anybody ever wondered what it's in honor of? It always says in honor of. Is it like the window, the truck? Yeah. In honor of how much he used to beat his wife. In memory of, I think, is a better way to go with that. Yeah, but I always like to look at the dates on the, the in memory of because I can I make a lot of judgments about the people at the grocery store. When I see the person who's in memory of was like born in 1997, died 2014, I was like, you're a bad parent. You couldn't keep your kid alive. <laughs> Ooh, not good at keeping the old kids alive. I mean, you know, Colin, you're you're a parent of four children now, and I mean, you've had close calls with many of them because you bought the uh, the great equalizer in the Darwinistic battle of redneck life, which is a four wheeler. And four wheeler, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it it, it, it thins the redneck herd. My head is result. Yeah, it thins the redneck herd. Do four wheelers. <laughs> Yeah. Um, well, you know, when we're done doing the uh, Varsity Blues I can't live wait. podcast, we're go- we should just do a podcast where we just check off all the boxes of things that uh, our white trash SEC tells. <laughs> yeah, and we've got plenty of them in Missouri. I don't know what Tennessee's thinking. I know, like the we're like we're becoming the deepest reddest state on the fucking entire map, but it's like them liberal elites up there in Missouri. Yeah, I don't know who these people are that they think they're talking about. Every trailer that's around here can afford a trampoline and dish network. Yeah, without. (laughs) I'm gonna tell you what: if Tennessee has any liberal elite, like. You, you have no idea how many Trump Pence bumper stickers there are in this state. I think you guys may have us miscast a bit. Yeah, I think you're miscalculating. Come on out to Missouri. We'd be happy to show you what we're really like. Um, guys, I think it, we, we've gotten a little far afield from Kansas news, but there is an important piece of Kansas news to talk about. Caleb, did the uh, Jayhawks play football this weekend? I actually watched the Jayhawks play football for a little bit last night while I was watching uh, Mr. Army of Mike play a little music down at Papa's. That's right. The House Band of Missouri podcast. Mazodcast podcast. Yeah. Mike was Mike was good for the songs I saw him play. I showed up a little late. Apologize for that, but he was good. Um, anyway, there was a KU fan in the attendance. He was not happy because uh, KU lost 55 to 40. <laughs> Proves a couple things that uh, KU is, sucks, but also that Oklahoma's defense may be the worst in the country. 
Yep. Yeah, I mean, if they uh, can let the lowly three and eight Kansas Jayhawks. By the way, three and eight is a high point for them. I mean, it's David Beatty's best season, I believe, and he's been dismissed. Oh, and breaking news: they hired Les Miles. Yeah, the Mad Hatter is now a Jayhawk. Yeah, that's the other big Kansas news for the every uh, couple of years we report the uh, fired Kansas coach and the new. Kansas coach who's just driving a convertible, Thelma and Louise style, off the cliff that is Kansas football. And Les Miles, welcome to the job. I've always been convinced that Les Miles is the way he is, is because the hair color he he uses is poisoning his brain through the roots. You know, because he was one of those guys that always drove me crazy. He's on national television weekly coaching on the sidelines and is a multi-multi-millionaire and still has the orange old man at-home die job. Mm -hmm. And I was like, God, that's got to be bad for his health. And uh, he's finally poisoned himself so badly, his brain is so rotten from hair dye, that uh, he decided that going to Kansas was a good career move. Yeah. And the funny thing about Les Miles is his LSU teams, even though he did win a national title there, which Kansas is now claiming, is um, <laughs> is that he never had good quarterback play in his time at LSU. He can never get a good quarterback. He ought to fit in perfectly in Kansas where he's going to get the benefit of not having a good quarterback or wide receivers, or running backs, or offensive linemen, or defensive linemen, or linebackers, or defensive backs, or kickers. Sure. So, I mean... None of those things will be available to him. You know, first he was used to playing with no good quarterback. He was comfortable in that system. He's going to be so much more comfortable now. Charlie Wise 2.0, calling it now. Good luck to you, Jayhawks. Anyway... Now it is time we look at the rest of the SEC because uh, we're in the mix now. We're one of the top-tier teams in the SEC, 7-4, and four, uh, having a good season. It's time to see what happened around the rest of the league because it was, I believe, the late-season edition of Cupcake Week in the SEC. We, we, we break our bread at Waffle House, our teams are pretty good. We even play some basketball when Jesus says we should. So pour a little bourbon and repeat right after me. Built a church for Saturdays and called it SEC. Jesus loves football. That voice ought to be very familiar to you, Caleb. Yes, yes. Yeah. Mike, very nice guy. Uh, first time I got to meet him last night, I had a good time. Drink a couple beers. Good times. All right, it's time to fire up the fine bot. Colin, did you do the honors? Yes, sir. Nick Saban, Nick Saban. Paul, you ready? Let's get started. Who we got on the docket this week? Well, uh, the Idaho Potatoes came down and visited Florida this week. Florida smashed them 63-10. to 10. <laughs> <laughs> I knew yeah. Paul would love it. Yeah, that wasn't much of a much of a game. And it's we're probably going to be able to blow through this week pretty fast because they all played shitty teams. Yes. Um, next up right. was Kentucky playing Middle Tennessee. And Tennessee, I mean, Kentucky won... 34 to 23, which is kind of amazing that they gave up 23 points to Middle Tennessee. You're right about that. I wish we'd had 23 points. Yes, sir. And then in one of the real good blowouts of the week, Mississippi State hung 52 on Arkansas, who only put up six. <laughs> that gives me a lot more confidence going into next week into uh, Little Rock when we face the uh, Razorbacks, who are clearly two and nine now. They don't have much to play for. Yeah, I hope we don't get complacent because we've been playing so well and Arkansas has been playing so badly. Because right I, can make, I can make another hairpin turn on Barry Odom very quickly. Yes, sir. Alabama played the vaunted Citadel this Alabama. week. Alabama, Alabama. 
let Citadel score 17, but Alabama put up 50. (laughs) (laughs) Nick Saban, Alabama. Yeah, and I think the interesting thing about this one was, wasn't it tied at halftime? Yeah, it was like 7 to 7 or something like that. Yeah. No. No. Yeah, it did. Everybody wondered if uh, Tua should play or not, and then Nick Saban got grumpy at the media for even suggesting Shocking. that he said it out. Yeah. Uh, Georgia played UMass. Yeah. Okay. How about I that? I did not know had a football team. Georgia <laughs> won 66 to 27. <laughs> yeah, another cupcake. Um, and then we had Auburn playing, and I don't know if it was Birmingham. No, nah, it wasn't University of Birmingham. UB, some terrible fucking letter school. They beat them. <laughs> 53 to 0. Fuck them. <laughs> well, there's UAB. They, UAB played A&M. Got beat 41 to 20. Adios. Yeah. Everybody got an easy win this week. It's weird to schedule these games. Everybody so happy. Everybody happy. South Carolina beat, I'm going to go with Charlotte, 49 to 9. Yep. Were there any conference games this week? Yeah. I'm getting ready to get to them. The only surprise I thought was on this list for today was Vandy and Ole Miss played, and Vandy won 36-29. That gives me hope that they can beat Tennessee next week. <laughs> yeah, it does. I, I think, you know, Vanderbilt is never anybody to sniff at. Although I will say this, I watched that game, and uh, the SEC refs basically handed that win to Vanderbilt. They fucked Ole Miss right up the old poop chute. Uh, Ole Miss got a touchdown at the end of that game, and they went to review, and it showed on review multiple times from multiple different angles. The guy came down with the ball in his hand, clearly, and then they said no catch. And there was, un- it was unbelievable. It was absolutely against what your eyes will see. And it's just like Mizzou games. It's like, well, this is why we have video replay so that we can say, look at these plays and get it right 100% because it's hard to see it on the spot. You could watch it frame by frame and see that he absolutely caught the ball and they took it off the, off the scoreboard. It's fucking miserable. The officiating in this league is fucking miserable. Yeah, Watch they, your tongue, Brendan. I told my boys and the officials down there that they shot, should have called targeting on that one also. Yeah, it's time to get the SEC officials together, you know, in a nice, like, you know, courtyard Marriott, you know, rent the conference room and just kind of go over the rules of football and how replay works. Just kind of get them all together, you know, in one of those nice conference rooms in a moderately priced hotel and just kind of, you know, hash things out. Let them know, you know, what football is, what the rules are, you know, what this kooky thing called replay is and why we have it. Just kind of enlighten them a little bit. I really feel like it might improve things. Not sure about that. Yeah, I'm not either, Paul, honestly. Well, in the last game of the week, LSU played Rice-A-Roni and won 42-10. to 10. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, Rice was bad in general, and then they have to play LSU. I like it, it on my, uh, my Chipotle. Yeah. Yeah, good. it is good. All right, well, what's coming up in the final week of the regular season for the SEC? It hurts me to say that. Only one week of regular season football left. I'm pretty sure LSU scheduled white rice. There's no value to it. They should have went long grain and got a real good game. Mm, you want your whole okay, grain in your season. we got Mississippi State playing Ole Miss next week. The Egg Bowl. Still don't know why it's called the Egg Bowl? I'm never going to look either. No, Mississippi I refuse to look State. at why it's called the Egg Bowl. If someone tells me, I'll listen to it. I will poke the, my fingers in my fucking ears. No. I will not hear it. I don't well, want to know why it's called the Egg Bowl. Even if you hear it, you won't remember it. That's right. I may have heard it last year. Who knows? Who you think you should be fired. Anybody? I'm going to go with Mississippi State. I think that'll shock people, but I'm going to go Mississippi State. Cool. After Ole Miss losing to Vandy and Brendan telling us about it for five minutes, because you know that's what he does now. He's an Ole Miss fan. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with Mississippi State. Yeah. 
Paul, what do you think? Mississippi State. Well, you know, uh, Ole Miss just got beat by Vanderbilt, and Mississippi State's found its offense. So uh, all those things, all the things in my life that uh, combining them into my thought process, I'm going to say Ole Miss is going to win. Yeah, that's a good call by you. Mm -hmm. Uh, You're going to get laid this week. Um, (laughs) On to the next one. We've got Florida playing Florida State. Battle for the shit show state of Florida. Yeah, yeah, it is a shit show. I think the best uh, team in Florida might be the fucking uh, reigning national champions, actually. Yeah, few people know that the uh, trophy for that bowl is a pack of Paul Malls wrapped in a disability check. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Next to an oxygen tank. Uh, Georgia Tech visits Georgia. Hold on a second. I want to make some picks against this Florida-Florida State game because Florida State is garbage. No, that's not two terribly offensive I'm going to go with Florida because FSU's look terrible. Hot garbage. Yeah, agreed, Paul. Paul, who do you think is going to win? Florida. Yeah, I agree. I think Florida can beat a lowly Florida State team this year. I'm going to go Florida State just because I don't want to be like you two and Paul. I think instead of playing the football games, they should just have the uh, cheerleaders from each team scissor each other and see which one gives up first, and then that's how we'll declare the winner. Like the dudes? No. Oh, the women? Yeah, the female cheerleaders. uh, You know know what kind of track I'm on. Everybody happy. Yeah, that would make everybody happy, Paul. Come on down. All right. Okay, Georgia Tech, Georgia. Georgia. I think Georgia is going to win the East. Yeah, they already have, Paul. Good call by Paul, though. He won't be wrong. Um, I think Georgia wins that game, even though Georgia Tech usually gives them a game because they run some weird offense on them. You're right about that. Wing T. Um, And then... We have Alabama and Auburn playing each other. Alabama. Tuscaloosa. Nick Saban. It's the Iron Bowl, isn't it, Colin? Yeah, Auburn is straight schizophrenic. Alabama. Alabama. They are a really good football team. They're fantastic. Yeah, Yeah, we know, Paul, we know. Well, this is one of those things where I I I feel like Alabama's been on cruise control for two straight weeks, and now they're going to uh, turn the cruise control off and hammer the gas against Auburn, and Tua is going to dick slap Auburn up and down the field for four quarters. I, I like that bet. Not as do I. Yeah, agreed. Then we have the battle for Tennessee with the uh, Rednecks versus the Liberals with uh, Tennessee and Bandy playing. Go together. Commodores! Tennessee. I don't know about that, Paul. Uh, he he doesn't like Vanderbilt. He doesn't think they should. They belong in the SEC, really. But yeah, I I'm going to pick Vanderbilt to win this game. I think yeah. Vanderbilt is an underrated team because of their record. And I think Tennessee, uh, we, we did not see anything from Tennessee, whose quarterback may not play next week, that indicates that they can uh, give anybody a game. Yep. And then we have Kentucky playing Louisville. Well, Kentucky better win against Louisville. They are a fucking disaster. They don't have a coach. They ought in to. terms of great matchups in college football history, this will not qualify. <laughs> I like how Brom is telling everybody that it's fake news that he's uh, that people are connecting him and Louisville together and that they're in talks and that their agent has been in contact with Louisville and blah, blah, blah. It's fake news. He's definitely not leaving the football holy place that is Purdue uh, to talk to his alma mater in a much better place. Who, who has I don't lots agree. more money. Yeah, who's lots more money in a better climate. And, you know, that's not happening, Brendan. So don't expect uh, Brom to go to Louisville because Brom says it's fake news. I don't agree. Yeah, I don't yeah. need it, Paul. Okay. And then another battle for the state, which we have a lot of these this week, is South Carolina playing Clemson. Um, Clemson wins by 400. Anybody named Dabo knows how to beat a football team named the Cox. I was yeah. surprised they didn't give Notre Dame more of a run for their money, but they will clobber South Carolina. South Carolina. Oh, no. no, Paul. South Carolina is not going to win this game. South Carolina. 
He's a, such a homer. Yeah. And then the last game is A&M versus LSU. Yeah, give it to LSU in my book. Yeah, I would too. But I, you know, A&M sort of like like sort of like Auburn. Like one week we'll just play good, you know, and like I it I is. could see A&M beating LSU and throwing the LSU fans into a fucking tizzy over whether or not Ed Ogeron is the future of this program. It is in Texas. It's a home game for A&M. So yep, LSU. He didn't agree with any of that. I'm gonna call it a tie. They're going to tie this game. Good. Well, I'd like to see yeah. it. I'll say LSU. Bold prediction. And that's it. That wraps up next week's schedule. Except, of course, for Missouri versus Arkansas. And Colin mentioned, you know, that we shouldn't uh, overlook Arkansas because we're not a team who can overlook anybody. But that being said, much like last year, we have caught Arkansas when they're absolutely at their low point. They are 2-9 and nine on this season. And Missouri has been playing some of its best football. And uh, they should be heavily favored. Yeah, if we're making nominations for who should be kicked out of the SEC, I think Arkansas is making a pretty strong case. <laughs> yeah. Paul, who do you think is going to win this game? I'll pass on watching the Missouri game. Yeah, sure you will. Yeah, so if we finish the season 8-4, and four, I think we have to say good season. I mean, that's kind of where we were predicting. We didn't expect the losses where they were. I think we probably expected to dot them around in different parts of the season. I think, Colin, maybe you said, well, Florida may come up and bite us this season or something. Mm-hmm. No, nope, we let it be uh, South Carolina and Kentucky. But 8-4, and four, I mean – by, you know, we talk about math and numbers showing the facts when we're talking about Tennessee fans. When we're talking about shitting on Barry Odom, we've got to look at the numbers. And the reality is this team's gotten better every year. Next year will be a real teller because Drew Locke won't be here. But to this point, Barry Odom has improved this team's record every season he's been here. Well, I hate to have to, to say this, but one of my measuring sticks from Barry Odom from this point forward will be, can he beat Kentucky? I'd really like to be able to beat Kentucky. <laughs> It'd be That'd nice be to get off that snide, yeah. All right, this has been Around the Horn. Okay, guys, we're going a little long. We're running long. We are running long. So I was going to say, uh, douche of the week candidates should be a good one. Douche of the week. Uh, Barrett Sally, as always, is a strong front runner. Wrote an article about how uh, Tennessee should be able to straight up beat Missouri this week for yeah. bowl eligibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody tweeted at me that said that that article has now been taken down. It has I been. I can't believe that Barrett Sally would be so petty and so small as to take down an article he was so proud of to post yesterday. Yeah. But, uh, that, I think that's that's about as douchey a move as you're going to see somebody make. Yeah. Zach Smith's been pretty douchey on Twitter all week about Tom Herman, but I think Barrett Sally's more relevant. Yeah, that's right. The Ohio State guy is the worst. But let's go ahead and give it to Barrett Sally. It's been a long time, and he is quite a douche. Douche he of the week. All right, this is the fun part. Player of the game, named after Kirk Farmer's golden hair. Uh, we appreciate Kirk Farmer's hair more than any aspect of Mizzou football, and so we've named the Player of the Game Award after it. Fellas, what do you think? Baby, because that's sweet ass. All right, Caleb. Yeah, uh, we did get to see Erections that aside, I think that uh, Drew Locke would be a good candidate. Mm-hmm. I also think uh, the defensive line uh, as a unit could uh, could get a vote from me. Yeah, well, I don't think we we're gonna do a unit award for a player of the game, especially when we had. I mean, guys like asshole exposed asshole aside, Beatty had a great game. Well, I think I mean Brady did have a great game. Roundtree had a better game. Roundtree. So if we're gonna if we're gonna give it to a running back, I think Roundtree is the guy that you're gonna have. You know what? I, I'm gonna throw out a candidate, and this may be controversial. I'm gonna say Demarcus Acey. Oh, oh, oh. oh boy! Wow, that would be that would be crazy if on this show of all shows that we gave uh, an award for achievement. Let me tell you, he had two huge interceptions. I'm good with it. Do Let's it. do it. He do played it. well. Played well. 
AC, and you know I've what? I've been more critical of them than, than you, Brent. I mean, we have all been upset with AC, but you've literally wanted to, to uh, jettison him from this team almost immediately. Uh, the first time I saw him step foot on the field, I could tell he was bad at football. And I've not been shy about saying it repeatedly. And uh, But like you said, Colin, about Kansas, if all we ever say is something negative, it shows, shows we're just zealots. And I'm a big, big enough man to admit when I'm wrong. And uh, I've been wrong this week. Demarcus Acey, you're the Kirk Farmer's hair player of the game. But as I always say, it takes a guy with a big hog to admit when he's wrong. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, guys, uh, let's talk about it. We had a live show this week. How'd you think things went? Uh, they really could have gone smoother. They sure could have. But we got the thing done. And like we said, Drew Locke came out for it, which we were very happy about. Yeah, I don't know if he was intentionally there or just uh, that was just a happy coincidence, but I was glad he was at ITAP. I got to see a, a grown man drink hot dog water as well. That's right. Uh, thank you, Ben, for, for letting us all see that. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's see, we've got one game left. It's Thanksgiving week. I don't know how we're gonna, if we're going to be able to work in a, uh, a midweek show or not. We'll, we'll have to talk about that off air. But uh, the big game is on Friday. Missouri takes on the uh, Razorbacks, and we'll find out if we're an eight-win team heading in the right direction towards bowl season or not. Oh, by the way, also, I guess it's basketball season. Yeah, that happened. We almost got beat by somebody like by, by uh, Crenshaw. Kennesaw State. Oh, I thought it was Crenshaw. Yeah, either way. Man, you know, Rockham Nation, I've always said this, Rockham Nation, I like going there and reading their stuff, but when it turns about November 1st, they forget that football is a sport that played at the collegiate level, and all they do is talk about basketball. And, of course, after the huge win, 50-point win, um, against Tennessee on the road at one of the uh, SEC's great powerhouse schools, Tennessee. The bold lettered headline in Rocket Nation I saw today was the, the upcoming game Missouri has against uh, Oregon State in basketball. I'm going to pass on all that basketball talk for now because I think that Mizzou was a very mediocre team last year, and then we took every single good player off of it. And well, I don't, we still have Tillman and Courier. And well, the, yeah, but the, the, the best players are all the players who scored lots of points. We said, you're not going to be on the team anymore, but we hope to do better next year. And I just don't think that's a recipe. Now, granted, we got some young kids and maybe they can do well, but, uh, Tay Porter's gone. Barnett's gone. Cassius Robertson's gone. Everybody who made an impact last year when we weren't all that good is now gone. So I have very little enthusiasm for basketball right now, and I hope they'll turn me around on it because I know a lot of people are way into it. I'll turn you around, Brendan. Yeah, I know. After all that Beatty stuff, Caleb can't wait to turn somebody around. Anyway, I'm ready to get out of here, guys. Watch some football, NFL style, M-I-Z. D-O-U. Go Tigers. Pitbulls are the monster energy drink of animal worlds. <laughs> Dogs. <laughs> I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broom 
Gate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broom Gate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. 